on Thursday last week, essentially nationwide, uh, AT&T went down. This could be as simple as somebody literally trying to do a little software update that bricks something and it just cascaded. Does, Does that happen? Is that possible? Is this just like dumb luck? No, no. I mean, it's entirely. Tell me it's the Russians. <laughs> Take a look at this. This might have been a software update, um, but it was one of those Russian ones. So you know how those <laughs> could go. On this episode of Resi Week, we talk AT&T's outage, blacklight design, and Josh's new touchscreen. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. This is Resi Week, episode 420, Point of Demarcation. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have Mr. Joseph Whitaker. He's the Vice President of Business Development over at Origin Acoustics. How you doing, buddy? I am doing well, by the way. Title change, man. Um, so I'm no longer in charge of like all business development. Now my specialty, my little niche world is commercial. So kind of transitioned over to the pro side. Well, we'll correct that for next time. That's what happens when I don't ask people if they've got a new job. All right. <laughs> Hopefully this one doesn't screw me up as well. Uh, next, we have Seth Johnson. He's a software development manager, I think, over at Blackwire. How you doing, buddy? Who knows? I, I like to tell people my uh, my, my, my title is... Uh black ink on a black business card, you know, it's like, I don't know, it, I do something there, put stuff together, but I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Uh, other than the fact that it's getting really warm, which is signaling the end of my ski season, which is depressing. All right. Uh, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from ABC news of all places. AT&T, uh, had an outage last week caused by a quote unquote software update. Uh, AT&T says they re- restored wireless service to all their affected customers on Thursday last week, essentially nationwide, uh, AT&T went down and all of their subsequent partners that, that share their, their bandwidth and their airline, airline airways, um, went down, their network went down as well, uh, causing a variety of, of, uh, questions about, what caused it, what was behind it, yada, 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 all that fun stuff. Joe, let me, let me start with you on this. Um, I, I, I still want to go down the conspiracy theory vein of like, was it a computer from 1986 that never got updated and they fired the guy that, you know, knew how to use it, uh, to the other extent of, was it something nefarious? Um, but I, I, I honestly don't believe we will ever know what causes any of these things with any level of certainty. As like tech experts, when our clients ask us about these things, what do we tell them? A very generic term is called a point of demarcation. No, it's yes. No, actually, that is, that is the correct answer. <laughs> um, I, this might have been a software update, um, but it was one of those Russian ones. So you know how those could go uh, uh, aside sometimes. Um, but, but the outage was interesting because it wasn't just in some areas of the United States. It wasn't just... Um, cell coverage, it did affect some hardline fiber trunks that fed um, houses internet. So it was like a it was like a really big outage. But from our side, what what we should always tell customers is, and it's always that liability statement, right? It's like we're only liable for the end of your hand, that corner of your house, anything that happens outside of that, 
Um, you need to be calling your cell company. You need to be calling your ISP. I told you six months ago, you needed to turn Wi-Fi calling in your settings on, on your phone. Cause we don't sell cell phone repeaters anymore. All, all of those, those things, they, those need to be put up out front. Um, because an integrator does get those calls when it's something that's totally no control of theirs, but they have to put that up front, whether it be putting it into the contract, putting it in a piece of paper, putting it in service contracts, or just telling them, you know what I mean? Integrators have to be a little more upfront about what they're actually responsible for. And that's been a problem for yeah. as long as I've been in this industry, friends of mine have gotten themselves in trouble for not, like drawing the line. Here's where, yeah, Seth knows this story. Now, it's, this is as oh, far yeah. as we go. Where your curb is outside, mm -hmm. anything past that, not my problem. I'm sorry, I can't control the airwaves. Um, but on, you know, the conspiracy side, there is an answer to your question, Matt. We will know in about 24 months what caused this when you see the commercial for the lawsuit. Uh, remember that day you, you know, couldn't pay your electric <laughs> bill because your cell phone didn't work. We are now doing a class action lawsuit against AT&T for not having proper cyberware um, to stop the Russians from doing a nefarious update. Um, so, I mean, we eventually will know. Um, but it is funny how uh, Seth is, is a software guy, so he'll probably have the answers for this. But, you know, you have like uh, Department of Homeland Security involved, FBI involved, mm -hmm. and this shows how very little regulation our government actually has on companies like Facebook, AT&T, like, oh, you want to investigate? Sorry. No, 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 no. No, you can't come into our building. We'll let you know if it was a hack or if not. And we won't tell you if it's hack, if it's going to make us look bad uh, because we do have investors. Mm -hmm. So the software side, I'll let, I'll let Seth have all that. But all those things did totally run through my mind. Because, yeah, I'm just glad that you I'm just really glad that you gave that entire speech from a dark room. Yes. Backlit. It's back. <laughs> my backlit. Uh, if you're just listening, Joe's mostly backlit in a in a dark corner of his house. Uh, Seth, this this gave me eerie uh, memories of when Rogers up here in Canada went down for over 72 hours and the, the same kind of thing happened. Um, they went down. There was a lot of speculation about what caused it. They went with the same sort of software issue, mal, you know, problem. One switch broke and the whole internet across the country went down. Um, this could be as simple as somebody literally do, trying to do a little software update that bricks something and it just cascaded. Does, does that happen? Is that possible? Is this just like dumb luck? No, no. I Russians? mean, it's entirely... Tell me it's <laughs> It's entirely possible that it was it was uh, someone working at 4 a.m. pushing out a software update that didn't didn't work or a configuration file that wasn't compatible. And it it it's one of those things like, oh, we never expected someone to ever write this configuration file wrong, because why would they ever do that? Uh, and it just has, a, like you said, a cascading effect that that shuts down the entire network for, I don't know, it's like five hours. It's a good bit of time for most people. I don't think I got mine back until yeah. that afternoon, but. Yeah, I mean, I like just to kind kind of. I feel like we're continuing the show from last week, where it was like you're the last one to touch it, um, so it's your fault. Yeah, <laughs> with this, with this, you know, like it, it's 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 one of those things. It's like everything's down, and and you were the last one here, so I'm going to call you and tell you 
to come out and fix it, but I can't because your ISP is down, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah th from a software development standpoint, this happens all the time. And, and the reason I, I really don't think it is a, a state actor or anything like that is I think they would have to, well, maybe not, maybe not in this case, but I think they have to mostly within a few days say that that happened by law now. Like there, there's a law out there, either state side or um, federal side, where they do have to come come out and say, we were hacked and here is the length mm -hmm. of, of, or the how much they've got into it. But I'm not sure about this. It's more of an infrastructure thing. So it will be interesting to see what I, did cause this in whatever I, I portion. Totally and that's why I'm with I, Matt. I'm with Matt. It, it's a conspiracy, 100%, because <laughs> companies like AT&T have things that have redundancies. Like, you know, oh, this should, one, you know. You, you, um, would, you would think. This one server think, yeah. ranch but, is bad. We just doop, flip switch, boom, we're on the other one. You're back up in 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, you saw Facebook a couple of years back. We were just talking about this before the show. They 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 took the Facebook domain and on their router, on their edge router, sent the entire domain to null, which basically means all the traffic around the entire world was now routed to nothing. Absolutely no nothing. <laughs> and and that included the access control to the building that had the server in it that they needed to go reset. So they had to take a chainsaw to break into the building to actually get to the server. And and just just like you said, it's a cascade of, of issues that happen. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these systems, especially when you get into these large networks, large companies like Facebook, they aren't a, oh, I made that mistake. Let me reboot this system and we're back up. It is a full on yeah. emergency stop. We got to start these processes to make sure everything comes back online without blowing everything else up. And it, that's, I can totally see a bad configuration or bad software update doing this, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see over time what happens, what really happened, that kind of thing. Right. Hopefully we'll get a good portion. Of, portion We've of never it. had this problem with CDMA. It's, it's 5G, man. I'm telling you. It's 5G. <laughs> I, I just love that, that Seth is so, so in, in line that, you know, companies will follow the law all the time. I think it's fantastic. All right. Um, <laughs> this comes to us from Residential Systems. Blackwire is going to host a blacklight design training tool, which is not exactly what you think it is, at Palooza 2024. Uh, it's a hands-on session to teach integrators how to use their blacklight design tool for seamless, cost-efficient, and comprehensive linear LED design. If you haven't checked this out, go go check it out. It's a, actually a really, really cool software piece. Uh, that allows integrators to go in and, you know, design the rooms, load their schematics and uh, design those linear lighting systems and get all the, uh, essentially all the calculations, the, the bill of materials, et cetera, all of that done for you. Seth, <clears throat> are we at a point where this is just an effective tool or is this something that is really helping dealers understand how to design these systems? We're just doing a little bit of both. Um, it does it does help you around the edges of things and, and and get around the math. The whole goal behind all this was to just be able to produce a quote from the back of the napkin drawings that you get from being on the job site and to like getting a number put together. And sometimes that could take weeks. I mean, sometimes you had to forward it on to the manufacturer and have them double check your everything or have them give you something back. And of course, everybody, every other dealer in the world is doing that. And so they're, they just have a backlog. So the goal was to make it easier for people to understand, do a little bit of training, but also take all of the uh, busy work that 
you know, a human doesn't have to do and just make a computer do it. That's like, we're automators, right? Like that's our job. So let's mm-hmm. automate something that sucks and, and make it easier. And that was the entire goal behind all this. Um, we do have a couple of new features that are coming out with this, uh, this month. I think that actually do make it an actual tool that, you know, kind of completes the, the process from specification purchase to, to actually installation. So, um, yeah, I'll go ahead. I, it'll probably come out about the same time the podcast does here, but we, we have a, a control four integration now, uh, with our, with our DMX products that we have. And you basically, once you get done down to designing your system, all the DMX allocation stuff's correct. You hit one button and you can have the control four processor or add on all the drivers with all the correct DMX settings and everything. So it's, it's a one click operation where in the past you were having to basically go off notes or, or whatever you had for your DMX um, channel allocation, everything, and kind of set all those drivers up one at a time. Now it's one, one click. That's fantastic. And print that stuff, people. As, as someone who's worked <laughs> yeah. on shows for years, print your DMX address pools for the love of God, yep. please. We, we have that report too. That's available. Thank you. <laughs> Joe, this is being uh, shown and, and the training is happening at Lightapalooza, which is a really big deal for our channel. Uh, from from the lighting aspect. The question I have is, are we at the point to where with lighting and, and with, you know, using tools like this as an industry, are we at a point to where we actually have a value add for lighting at this point beyond the ECs? Or are we still struggling with the design aspect? I actually think that we have had value for quite a while. Um, I don't think that value is new on the integration side or in companies like Blackwire, right, who have supported the integrator. Um, our, our lackluster mm-hmm. side has been the manufacturers accepting that there is an additional party that can do the work besides an electrical contractor. That's kind of where a bit because you've seen for years manufacturers not put out stuff that fits into low voltage category. So what muddied the water? Well, okay, fine. You won't do that for me. We'll come up with POE lighting or we'll come up with a hundred billion other things because the manufacturer who is developing the technology, building the technology, shipping the technology has has been slow to realize that there is someone out there besides the electrical contractor that not only can install the light, but can actually also be better when it comes to doing the additional features like home automation, RGB, mood, circadian rhythm, the list goes on and on and on. So the problem has been on there. And, and that's why I'm kind of really, I'm pretty excited about what, what Seth and Kevin and everybody at Blackwire is doing, because this is something I said a long time ago, when the first time I ever saw Simply Reliable do a software that would take a project, Control 4 project, be able to push mm-hmm. in from a proposal or push out from a composer file, I was like, that's awesome. On the lighting side, you don't have that. You have your typical lighting software or, um, you know, somebody in design and build uses ease, right? But there was nothing, never anything for the integrator. And that's bad because that's the person who their team has to do the install. They have to do the low voltage lighting. They have to do the programming. And then they have to tie it into whatever the control system flavor is. So the value has been there. It's just homeowners are just now starting to realize that when they talk to their home builder and the electrical contractor and the you you tell an electric electrical contractor a residential uh, circadian rhythm and just watch watch their eyes glaze over. They don't want to do it. They don't want to yeah. do it. They so, just want to put in a fixture and leave. Here's my question though. 
because I agree with that from an integration standpoint, we've had this down for, for quite a and while. And you know, lighting too. Yeah, I, I, I do. And that's why I'm, I soapbox on this one all the time. My issue is I don't think we're there from a design standpoint, not, not an integration standpoint or designing the integration, but from an actual architectural design level. Yeah. Because everyone I talked to at Expo this past year in the lighting design booths, that was not what they were talking about at all. They were talking about fixtures. They were talking DMX. They were talking control, which is important. And that is, yes, the audience. My issue is everything I see online from people in our space doing this is mediocre or nightclub-ish. And I realize there's clients that want that. But I don't see a lot of work being showcased that I would see in architectural digest. That's where I yep. think the divide is. If the only thing we have that we can pitch is, oh yeah, we can integrate this well. They're not buying cool lighting because we integrate it well, necessarily. Your pool of potential clients is vastly different if you can design something cool. True. It looks cool. True, but, but, and this is to give like, you know, Seth and both, hats he's worn over the past him credit and a lot of people I know out there credit. And I'm sorry, I have a lot of electrician friends and you might, if you're watching this show, you're going to take this the wrong way, but um, it's somewhere like light Palooza, an integrator comes up, you know, those are the questions that they need to know because out of all of the, what I call a sub-level contractor, that's plumber, electrical integrator, everybody after the fact who puts stuff in the bones, we are already built to do nice, gorgeous looking stuff that matches architecture. You, do you have a speaker that can match my bearskin rug? I'm sure I could, I could do that. You know, you know what I mean? We're already built for the pretty side of things. Electricians are not built for that. No, we're going to stick a five inch right. can in your ceiling. Done. Okay, cool. We, integrators are already built for making things look good in a living space. That's pre-built in the DNA of every integrator. So that's not a conversation. They can look at a piece of linear strip or um, some recessed track and go, that would look perfect in X, whether it be a cove or a recess in a ceiling or toe kicks um, in a ginormous kitchen island. They already know that part. That's like not even a discussion for them. It's can it integrate with the control system that I'm using? What are the voltages? What are the transformers? Uh, blah, 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 blah. The list goes on and on. They need the tech specs to make sure to work right with what they're deploying. They can make everything look pretty. Yeah, kind of the loop back around to what we, the first part of the question there. Um, the, the, mm -hmm. the, in, the, the manufacturer, every manufacturer I've talked to um, over the past couple of years is, is saying they're entering this space because um, they have had this product. It has existed for quite some time. Um, the problem is, is that the electricians that they work typically work with um, either don't see the value in, or they they they're just not selling it completely. So they're they're mm -hmm. these manufacturers are introducing complete lines of product, tailor made for the custom integration channel for us to be involved with and sell. Um, and I'm not saying like every electrician out there doesn't want to do it. They'll 
electricians will do anything and everything they want them to do. But when it comes down to like integration and programming DMX channels and that kind of thing, it's like, well, that's a, that's a, that's a far step from designing and setting up the electrical riser. <laughs> that is probably more important yeah. than getting the DMX programming correct. Um, so, so like you kind of have like this handoff that works in there. And then the second part of that, the, the design part of it, I mean, that, that typically does come a little bit closer or a little bit earlier on than, than when most of integrators have been involved with this, but there are companies even at light of Palooza, like light can help you. I mean, David, David Warfel over there. Um, yeah. great. You know, they're, they're putting together, um, ideas and packages for integrators to kind of hand off. If you don't have that inbuilt, it's, it's, that's a whole other career path. I mean, if you're not a lighting yeah. designer, um, figuring out how light works is very difficult. <laughs> and if that's not in your DNA, if that's not the way your brain works, you're not going to get that. And it's good to have an expert you can hand that off to, um, whether it's a local lighting designer or somebody like his company, and be able to like work with them and hand in hand um, to get something back that does look good. And th that's invaluable. That's the side that I like to see grow. Yeah, yeah, um, and and be focused on a little bit more from our channel, which is which is all I was getting at. All right, gentlemen, let's uh, hit our last story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Tech Today. Uh, Josh AI reveals a new app and remote features, a touchscreen, and a bunch of new third-party integrations in their platform. Uh, go read the article from uh, Jeremy, uh, our good friend, over here, and. Uh, it'll cover everything that was announced in that uh, event that Alex and, and the team over at Josh put on, as well as a link to the winter event, which you can watch. There are some really cool things in here. Joe, I want to start with you on this. Um, with some of these advancements, specifically, obviously the, the, the Ava remote and the touchscreen, right? As, as well as those uh, third-party integrations that they're expanding. Does this move Josh into the conversation of a fully fledged automation platform now? Yes, uh, with a catch, right? So I, I've always felt that they had the chance to do that. Um, but people had to get tired of the same old same before they could, right? Because jo Josh's mentality, and this is from talking to Alex and Nader and everybody over the years, is that it's not necessarily what it does it's how you get it to do what it does right that's why their their platform has always been you know the voice aspect and you know the ai aspect and the you know natural speech recognition aspect it's not necessarily what the system is doing it's how you're getting to do the system make it a little more natural so if you take that framework this is just an expansion of what they're already doing it's like i always said about because i obviously dabbled in voice in the past. And I always went back to, there are people who are mute. There are people who are hearing impaired. They, okay, voice didn't work for them. You have to have, you know, a touchscreen. Well, what if I'm, um, you know, mute, uh, hearing impaired and wear glasses as thick as mine? Well, I can't use a touchscreen now either. Um, give me feely buttons on a remote. Uh, so, you know, it's taking uh, the approach of, the human aspect of it rather than the technology aspect of it, which is what we know from every other big control platform. They just go with the technology aspect. Josh and them have reversed that and said, okay, how do us humans interact with the technology? Well, standard speech sucks, right? Because we all say stuff in different and rearrange sentences differently. So now they're taking that approach to grow that. But the only way to grow that 
is to be more all-inclusive of third-party devices. You know, in the article, you see the entire list. There's a lot of them from shades to power control to lights. They're growing that. Um, and I do expect them because uh, we at Origin Acoustics has been talking to them about what that future is, right? Where you can use a music streamer, you can do direct access with things like Roku. And so they're expanding that to actually be able to encompass it all. Be, but because it's a very specific code set, which is what they use, layering on new interfaces, I don't think will be that hard for them. So, you know, the next, you know, 3D in your mind chip in your head, whenever Tesla integrates their brain stuff in houses, who knows? Josh AI has the right idea on how we interact with devices. Now they're just adding more devices. So to me, yes, yeah. they have a really good chance to be a full control system. And the way their platform is built, I think they're going to be a serious competitor before 2025, like a legitimate serious competitor with all the big boys. I love it. All right, Seth, the uh, the last question I have on this is, <clears throat> as, uh, again, especially with their new integrations, are they at a point now where you can tailor Josh to your business versus having to tailor your business to Josh? Hmm, that yeah, that's interesting. I I think I think they're getting very close. This is all uh, we talked about this a little bit before the show, and it it like looking at the the whole thing. It's like well, there, there's there's a couple of different products and things kind of expected to be announced here. We knew about a little bit of this happening at CDF. I think this is all just kind of like those little baby steps, those iterations that you see in products, and they're at a point where a lot of this 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 stuff makes sense to do. And when you see, like, they mentioned the third part, the third party um, development, uh, development on, on third party integrations, that kind of thing. But they also mentioned this thing called Nimble Dev Suite, which makes me believe like this is going to be an SDK that they have developers like me involved with, and we'll be able to write our own integrations and bring more things into. Or maybe that's something that they choose to do in-house. Either way, it's giving them the ability to add these integrations on the more popular ones at first, and then they can start expanding into other ones later. Um, at, at that point, like, yeah, I, I think that you'll be doing a lot more with Josh in the future than just maybe you know, uh, Lutron lighting system and some Sonos. Like, they've moved beyond that now, and you'll be able to do a quite a bit yeah. more inside the house. I mean, they, they Yale locks, August locks, nano leaf, whiz lighting that whiz lighting is embedded into a ton of, uh, you know, um, fixtures these days, uh, Hunter Douglas shades and Anthem receivers. I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's all over. These, these are all, I did notice like every brand they had is pretty high end brand and, and is used in a lot of the high end homes. So it's not like they have to start, yep. you know, down at the bottom of the barrel, they can start pretty high, high up and, and work from there. Yeah, I love it. All right, gentlemen, let's leave it there. Thank you both so much for joining us. Uh, Seth, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Blackwire Design, where can they do that? You might be able to connect with me directly in Phoenix this week if you're at Lightapalooza. So I will be there with the rest of the team uh, chatting it up. And uh, we, we got those two training uh, pieces going on. Uh, but if you miss those, you can head on over to blackwiredesigns.com. And we also have train the same trainings uh, there in our our resources tab for dealers. Uh, the same trainings will be available later. We're going to do those um, online as well. So uh, if you miss it at Lightapalooza this week, we'll, we'll redo it there. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Uh, Mr. Whitaker, if people want to connect with you, learn more about uh, 
Origin Acoustics. Where can they do that? You can always find me on the good old socials at Joe Whitaker. Um, you can check out all our interesting web offerings at originacoustics.com and now originpro.com for the pro commercial side. And I won't be a light of Palooza, but some of our people will be. Um, so I hope you guys have fun out there. Uh, I, I am going to miss it because I will be somewhere else. But um, you will see me at Infocom when Infocom comes around. So that'll be a blast and something new for us at Origin. Uh, and, of course, you can always find me here on Resi Week when Matt invites me. You're, you're welcome whenever you can get away. All right. Thank you again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on uh, Twitter or X or most other social platforms at Matt D. Scott. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation.